Welcome to the Hypnosis NGH Podcast. This podcast series offers a fun and serious look at hypnosis and offers various ideas, discuss case studies, along with NGH educational opportunities. Hello, and welcome to the NGH Hypnosis Podcast. I'm Jeremy Bashan, the Executive Director of the National Guild. Here is some insight to some of the presentations that will be happening at, at the Solid Gold Weekend this year in Las Vegas. And today we'd like to welcome the owner of Fair Hypnosis, board certified hypnotist, NGH certified instructor, Roberta Fernandez. Hi, Roberta. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Jeremy. Thanks for having me. Excellent. I see you have a a, a, a co co host today. I have a co host. I have a couple actually. She's a puppy, <laughs> and uh, she will bark whenever she hears voices on Zoom. So as long as she's in my lap, she's quiet. This All is right. why I don't work at home. I work at the office. It sounds <laughs> sounds great. So uh, you'll you'll be with us this year presenting at the Solid Gold Weekend. Um, yeah. It is your first time presenting at the Solid Gold Weekend, and uh, you know if you'd like to to just uh, let us know a little bit more about Roberta Fernandez, uh, you know your background and maybe how you got into the profession, and uh, you know we we really look forward to having you uh, at Solid Gold and sharing your knowledge. So. Well, thank you. I'm excited. I, in all the years I've been coming to the NGH stuff, I've never been to solid gold because it was always across the country. And now I live here. So it's like, perfect. I can go every year now. Um, it's in my backyard. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, um, okay, about me. I've been a serial entrepreneur since I was 24. Um, I've had seven different businesses now. Um, before I became a hypnotist, I was a corporate consultant and trainer in the field of sustainability, specifically uh, cultural change and emotional intelligence. And so when I left that field to become a hypnotist, my friends were like, wow, this is a big change. And I'm like, no, it's just a different tool. Um, I'm helping individuals change just like I was helping companies change. So to me, it wasn't a huge leap, obviously a lot of different techniques and working with people um, in some ways, and um, but in other ways it wasn't. And I've always used my corporate training skills in my practice. And, um, you know, the, to me, the two things just mesh. People are people. And what I knew from my consulting days is that you can't change a corporate culture until the people in it change. And so... You know, that's how I've made this transition. And I'm actually transitioning a little bit back into that world because I want to reach more people. Um, so I'm taking a lot of my guided visualization skills, because um, that's a safer term in the corporate world, um, back into that community and um, doing a lot of training, but around the same topics that I see affect my clients. Oh, that's awesome. So it's it's uh, kind of full circle for you. When, it is. Uh, it is. You know, it's kind of just adding all these tools to to really round out what what you do and uh are you originally from Minnesota or No, I'm actually a Floridian. I was oh, born okay. and raised there. Yeah. Lived there for most of my life and then um 
as a corporate consultant, the, the the recession happened in 2008, and there was no business for me in Florida um, as a consultant. And I had a client in Minnesota. And so I thought, well, if I have one client there, I can get more. It wasn't the recession wasn't as bad there. And um, yeah, I, I fell in love with Minneapolis and I lived there for 12 years. So um, unfortunately, I haven't lived near my daughter for that length of time. And I told her when she got settled, um, I would move to where she was. So that's what's brought me to Vegas. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. And I actually really like it here, I have to say. Um, most of Vegas is not like the Strip. That's a different world, right? This is just another city that you would find anywhere. But you it's know, very beautiful. beautiful a, a lot of people get a misconception about uh, Las they Vegas. Do. Although, you know, I, I do have to say I was pretty amazed that, um, you know, supermarkets are open 24 hours a day and – and, and they all like they all have slot machines and yeah <laughs> you know yeah it's a it's a big change um there are certain things that are i still walk in and go oh, oh my god this is so weird but um if you love the outdoors oh, the mountains the hiking if everybody everybody is coming to solid gold if you can spend a couple extra days and want some tips on where to hit up a good trail um happy to to help you with that is it really is gorgeous and the time of the year here the weather is fantastic it really is uh yeah. you know we we always try to do um early in the year it kind of spreads it out from the ngh convention that we have in august um for the solid gold weekend in in las vegas we we've done a few different locations we've done it in florida we've also done it in uh, California and Anaheim. Uh, but you know, Las Vegas, it's, uh, the, the majority of the NGH solid gold weekends and the original solid gold weekend happened in, in Las Vegas. Um, it's just a, it's a neat place. It's, it's quite, a, a mix of, you know, different people from different places and, uh, kind of a mixing bowl. Um, yeah, I have good friends that live out there and, I've I've met friends that live out there and colleagues, so uh, it's it's almost like a second home to to me and uh, Dr. Damon. Um, it, it's such a it's such a neat place where you, where, you know it, you could crave a certain type of food and you can find it. Everything, <laughs> you know, everything is here. Where, and you know, it's really interesting because you know, obviously, there's amazing restaurants on the Strip, but I can go. Up Eastern, which is a very busy road um, with just about any kind of food you want to find. And it's all wonderful. It's um, it's off so, the strip diamonds that you find. You know? Yeah, the, the littlest places. Um, I found a Cuban restaurant here that is my mother-in-law was was uh, part Cuban and her husband. And, you know, she was a fantastic cook. And man, I got roast pork and black beans it was just like she used to make it it was like oh i, I felt my hot my tribe here right so yeah yeah there's just all kinds of little gems um, well there's there's a lot of great experiences and you know i'll it definitely uh i'm sure our attendees will be hitting roberta up for her uh hot spots around town yeah there you go and, there uh, you go well i'm relatively i'm still a newbie like i've only been here six months okay so um but you know i'm checking things out <laughs> well, we do have a, we do have a chapter in Las Vegas, and um, Tim Timmons is the uh, oh, is one awesome. of the 
the guys out there that will he'll be at Solid Gold Weekend. I'll make sure I introduce you to to Tim. Oh, that'd be awesome! And yeah. uh, you know they do a lot of NGH activities, and and they're a, they're an active group out there. So, well, let's get back to to the Solid Gold Weekend. I I love just uh, talking shop and chatting about things. Um, you're going to be talking your presentation at the Solid Gold. It's going to be one of our building um, practice building sessions, mm-hmm. and the the way that we've really uh, designed the Solid Gold Weekend is for a techniques and building practice weekend where you're going to take away. Uh, the tools that you need right away from after this weekend of learning with our presenters. You're going to be teaching, uh, you're building a better practice through intentional public speaking. Can you did, tell us a little bit more about that, Roberta? Yeah, you know, um, when you guys reach out to me, because I do a lot of public speaking, I think in the last 15 years, I've done more than 85 major either keynote events or training events, speaking events um, around the country. And uh, I love, I love it. I, I, I like being up on a stage. It's kind of my, my inner me coming out. Right. And so I was thinking about how I was going to do this. Um, And I'm a really big believer when I teach about being experiential. And so I thought what better way to teach than to model how to do what I'm talking about. And so um, <laughs> I was laughing because I've been preparing uh, my talk. And I, I originally, a few months ago, when you contacted me, I had, oh, I'll do this, this, and this. And that's how you've advertised it. And then I realized in my talk, and a lot of that's not in there. <laughs> so <laughs> I always believe in giving what I promise. Okay. So we'll have a little bit before that, that, that fills in those blanks that are not going to be in my talk. But um, the talk will challenge the participants to really pay attention to how it's structured and how I'm delivering the message. Um, and, and I think that's that's really, really important. Um, a lot of people, uh, you know, the old expression, do as I say, not as I do. Um, I think that it's really important to model what we teach. And so um, that's how I'm structuring my whole talk. And I'm, I'm really excited about it because it's a challenge for me, too, to be able to incorporate the teaching in what I want to show as a talk. Um, and what I'm doing with the talk is I'm incorporating things in there that will help people realize that are not doing speaking engagements, why they're not doing it, and how to overcome it. Um, so, and, and it is about selling because what I find is, and I was guilty of this too, before I was a hypnotist, but early in my career, I had always done things that were education. So it was, you know, give all the information you can to help people. And that's important that you, you have to give value whenever you talk, uh, and you have to give your good stuff too. Um, you know, I, it really irritates me when I go to a talk and I sit there for an hour and I have absolutely nothing to take with me um, or that they've pitched me the whole freaking time, which drives me crazy, too. Um, a pitch is not a bad thing, but it it needs to be appropriate for the setting. Right. And so that's what I'm going to do um, in this setting to show you how to do that. And um 
the the mistake people make though is they give so much like i would challenge the listeners today to say how many times have you given a talk and people are raving about your talk oh my god that was so amazing so much good information and you don't get anything from it nobody buys and you know you did a great job but nobody buys and let's face it we are out there to build our business to make connections to get more speaking engagements to get clients right um because we're all in it to make money too um there's nothing wrong with that and if if you think there is then then you should definitely seek me out during the conference <laughs> so we have to ask you have to find a way to ask for people to come to you um, either during the presentation or after that they want more of you in some way. And it's really interesting. Sometimes I've given, you know, long trainings and then, you know, I have a training that's relatively close to what I just did. People will pay for it anyway, even though they've basically heard what I'm going to tell them in the training. Because, well, first of all, we all know we learn by repetition, right? Um, and secondly, they just want more of you. And so that that likability factor is super important that you um, that you connect just like you would with your clients. You have to build rapport. Um, and if they like you, they're going to buy. That's true. And, yeah. and when you go to these corporations and you, you're talking in front of groups, there's different things that you you could approach to sell. You could you could be approached to sell a, a program as a whole to yeah. a corporation, or you're picking up individual clients who yeah. are sitting in on your talk who might be an employee of this course, but uh, you know the information you they're drawn to you because you're giving great information but they have a different thing that they want to change in their lives. Yep. And they're like, wow, you know, I could talk to Roberta to see if she can help me with this. So you're, you're actually, you're hitting a different, uh, a couple different things by going out and speaking to, to groups and putting yourself out there, yep. picking up the end. And, and even that I, you know, even if you're donating your time to a, well, you know, a rotary club or a, Alliance Club, big or small, you're still, that's an investment of your time, but you also have the potential to get many clients out of it as well. Absolutely. You know, when I first became a hypnotist, so it was very soon after I moved to Minnesota, I didn't know anybody. I, I, I moved there not knowing a single person. And, you know, I, I had a career. Um, I was introduced to hypnosis. It was fascinating to me. And I thought, why aren't more people doing this? Like, this is amazing stuff. And I came to it through pain um, is how I was introduced to hypnosis. And, you know, I was worried, can you not make a living doing it? Why aren't there more people doing this? So, um I found, because I had no budget, <laughs> um, I started talking and I would speak to anybody. I think I made every single Rotary Club <laughs> that I could find. And it's 15 minutes is usually all you have, right? Here's the thing, though. You have to be intentional. Like, you can't, it's, it's one thing. And for me in Minnesota at the time, so this was 2013, and, you know, it, I, there was a lot of like, oh, you're a hypnotist, don't look, don't look at me, right? And, like, there was a lot of pushback. Midwesterners are very late adopters, let me tell you. And so um, 
you know, I wanted to educate and say, look, I'm just a person. I'm not scary. Right. Um, and that was a big that was an important part of my role in Minnesota as a hypnotist, that education. This is what it is. This is what it isn't. However, I was also trying to build my practice. So I needed to be intentional with the kind of message that I was giving so that I would get a client or two. Right. But otherwise, I'm spending a 15 minutes or an hour. And yes, I am helping elevate the profession, but I also have to have an income. So whenever you give a talk, you need to know what's in it for me, too, not just the audience. Right. So in my talk, my educational talk, how do I show them something that is going to help them in the moment, but also show them that if they worked with me, we can take that to the next level. Right. Right. So what do you want to get out of the talk? You know, for me, um, I'm going back into the corporate sector. I have a year long program that I do called Ahara, and I'm looking to do that in the corporate sector, but also as individuals, you can participate in that program, right? So, you know, I am gauging my audience. Who am I going to be talking to? And that's another thing. When you go out and you give a presentation, you have to know who the audience is. So there's a really large gaming program uh, company out here and that I was just introduced to and referred to to give a talk to. And... Um, I did this in Minnesota too with Blue Cross. Um, in large companies, sometimes they will have support groups. Okay. So before I left Minneapolis, I did one for the addiction and recovery support group and they wanted something around stress. And so, you know, we, I did something for around stress here. Um, the lady that does all the health and wellness, um, we had a really nice zoom call and she had two other women on the call and they were from their perennial group, 50 plus and it's perfect because when I look at this kind of scenario to go give a talk to, it's like, okay, tell me about the needs of your group. What's what they, they said stress was a huge thing. Tell me about the kind of stresses they have, because I have a, a, a canned um, talk on stress, but I want to personalize it and I want to make sure it fits the messages really directed at that group. Um, and so, you know, we had a long conversation on that. The benefit to me is I have a couple of things I can sell to large corporations, Ahara, Conscious Napping, a couple of, of, of products, so to speak. And this is my opportunity in a very large corporation to get a pilot group. So I'm going to give away my conscious napping app because now I have a little test market going on. And when I try to pitch it and work my way up into the company, I can say when they say, oh, well, you know, well, there's lots of the stuff. Well, you know, do you know that you already have a pilot started here? And here are the results. And these are right. how many people signed up. Right. Oh, and that's so neat. we have to be intentional from a business perspective about not only what is this talk going to do for me to this group um, and, and what value can I bring to them, but where, what's my next steps? Like what's the short term and what's the long term? And sometimes there isn't a long term, oh, but you never know. Right. You never know who's in that audience that knows somebody um, that, you know, some of my best partnerships in the medical community, because that's where I was really embedded in Minneapolis, 
came from people that heard about me um, from somebody who had heard me speak and they would seek out an opportunity to, to get into one of my talks. And, and so this is one of the other advantages of being known for public speaking is that you become that subject matter expert. I mean, Elsom used to do a talk about that at the NGH conference every year. And I love that talk because I don't care how experienced you are as a hypnotist or inexperienced as you are, you can become a subject matter expert. You know, I always tell people that I certify for hypnosis. You already know a thousand times more than what the average person knows about hypnosis, you know, and one of the things we're going to talk about at my talk is imposter syndrome, right? Um, because that keeps us, keeps us small. It holds us back. And so um, you have to just, just dive in there and go with something you're comfortable and start building off of that. Right. So it's, it's safe to say that, um, throughout your years of, of working in the profession that um, there's been a lot of trial and errors that you've run into. Oh, yeah. Going oh, I've, had through. Some, <laughs> I've had some very interesting experiences, let me tell you. Oh, my God. I should so write this a book. Is, so this is something <laughs> that, you know, I, I, I find very attractive with our attendees is because you know, you have a person here who, who's been there, done that, made the mistakes, made the changes, knows what structure to do, has, can, as you put it, canned things ready to go, but yeah. also can do, you know, so this, this is going to be great for our attendees to, to go to and, uh, and learn about public speaking and the importance of it. Um yeah getting out getting out there you know talking talking the talk walking the walk and uh, as dr damon puts it uh you know the develop your elevator talk talk to anybody and everybody you have a short period of time go <laughs> yeah absolutely and you know i think one of the highest compliments i got i recently did a an hour it was a live webinar and and here's another tip um record everything you do and, you know, I turn around and I sell it for $27 on my website, right? Um, and it's just a lead magnet. It's, it's just something to get people in or I give it away. Um, but it is also demonstrating my capabilities um, and illustrating part of my body of work. And I had a woman that um, somebody had seen it. And, um, you know, I always give a recorded version of the live stuff. And this woman passed it on. And some people might say, well, gosh, you know, I charge for that. Why didn't I get that money? Oh, who cares? It's 27 bucks, right? You want people to pass it on. You want them just to give it away to their friends and, and everybody. And this woman called me out of the blue. I didn't know who she was. And she's like, you know, I just got to tell you something. I recently retired, but I spent my whole career in sales. Every company I've worked in, I was the top salesman. I, I just, I was really, really good at what I did. And I'm halfway through your talk. And I want to tell you, I've never seen anything like this before. This is amazing. And that's a big compliment because I wasn't selling, right? <laughs> but I was selling, right? right? We are always selling. I don't care if you're a minister, you're a hypnotist, a doctor, whatever. We are always selling, if nothing more, who we are 
right? And we're always putting out that impression. And so being aware of how am I presenting myself is super important at all times. You know, when I first became a hypnotist, I was in this little office and I had no signage. And so, gosh, I wrapped my car, fair hypnosis. It had little bullet points down the side. And I used to laugh because sometimes I'd come out in a parking lot and I would see people reading my car, you know, (laughs) which is really funny. And actually, though, but what I would do is I would park it in the first slot at the street so people would see the Fair Hypnosis logo, and my clients would know they were in the right place, right? And it was amazing. It actually, I got clients from that. But what it also did is it, I'll never forget, I was doing work at my house one day, yard work, and hauling bricks and dirt, and I was a wreck. And I needed like, you know, 15 more blocks to finish this lawn project. So I go to Home Depot. I am sweaty. I'm filthy. I get out of my car, and I'm like, oh, my God. I, you know, here's fair hypnosis everywhere <laughs> my car. And I am like, like sneaking between the cars so people don't see I got out of the car, right? But what it did was it made me realize, you know, nobody likes a grumpy hypnotist. So you got to get out of your car with a smile on your face, right? You got to not like flick somebody off on the road that cut you off because you're advertising your car, right? I mean, my business is right there. I actually did unwrap it after a while because <laughs> you know I wanted to go out to a club every once in a while and get more people to see my car there. Um <laughs> I wanted some anonymity after a while. But sure. I do I do have a vanity plate on my car here that says hypno one. So yes. yeah. <laughs> I might regret that down the road. I don't know. <laughs> so uh, you know Roberta you live in Nevada. What does Roberta Fernandez do other than hypnosis? Oh, okay. Well, behind me, you see two books on the shelf, uh, Knock on the Door and and The Two Shall Meet. They're novels that I wrote. Um, I actually wrote the first one using hypnosis um, during COVID. And the second one came right after. Um, It's amazing what you can do when you're in that trance state. Um, and the inspiration that you can get. So I'm still modeling what I do, uh, but I love to write. Um, and those books were picked up by publisher, which is kind of oh, cool. Oh, awesome. Yeah. What, yeah. What, so, uh, what what type of uh, books are there? What type of They're uh, thrillers. They're thrillers. Okay. Yeah, I don't know where this stuff comes from. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing what your subconscious mind can produce. Why? Sure. It's kind of scary. Because the second one is like, wow. I had people read it and go, dang <laughs> where do you get this stuff from uh, like research a lot of research it's about the triad and the mafia so well, i'll give you a little bit of a hand okay. um there's a little bit of darkness in parts of that but um um yeah yeah and for me right now my main activities are exploring my daughter and her husband are are they like to boulder and hike and mountain climb so they have me out at least once a week killing me <laughs> on these hikes. It's like, oh, mom, it's only it's only 10 miles and, you know, only a thousand foot elevation. I'm like, oh, really? Thank you, honey. Well, it's so great <laughs> to hear that you're enjoying life. Hopefully these people that come to Solid Gold, they enjoy, they have a laugh. 
Um, they feel that rapport. Um, you know, I'm super excited to meet everybody. And uh, I'm sure it'll be a different group of people, too. Um, some familiar faces. But, um, yeah, I'm very excited about meeting people. So, yeah. Well, that's awesome. Thank you. Uh, thank you for joining us today, Roberta. Um, really looking forward to the Solid Gold weekend, end of February, February 24th and 25th. Uh, we'll be doing it at the Tuscany Suites. Hotel and Casino, it's off the strip, but it's an easy uh, Uber ride or a walk right a uh, couple blocks up to the strip. So you, you don't get all the hustle and bustle of the strip. It's off the strip. It's a nice location. Um, we, we've got uh, many relationships with with the, uh, the hotel staff and uh, just a good group of people. They always treat the NGH and our attendees very well there. Um, so you, we, we look forward to seeing everybody, uh, look forward to seeing you, Roberta and, uh, Thanks, Jeremy. yeah, absolutely. And you have a wonderful day and we'll all see meet again. Thank you. Uh, bye everybody. Thank you for listening to the hypnosis NGH podcast. You're welcome to share your ideas for future podcasts by emailing us NGH podcast at NGH.net.